G'day, you're listening to the Virtual Staff Room and this is episode 20, The Kiwi Connection. Well, welcome to another episode of the Virtual Staff Room. Uh, Please, you could join us. In this episode, I get to speak to our neighbours over in New Zealand. And uh, there's some fabulous things going on over there in New Zealand, some real innovation. And the Kiwis are actually pretty much known for being innovative and creative. And the, uh, the four uh, New Zealanders that I get to talk to in today's episode are no exception. Uh, Chrissy Hellier, Alana King, Jane Nichols, and Simon Evans are four New Zealand educators that uh, I've kind of gotten to know through uh, Skype and through uh, Twitter. And... Um, I said to them, let's get together and have a bit of a chat. And in fact, they all attended the ULEARN conference recently, which was held in Auckland. And uh, as part of this, I thought it'd be nice to get together and just uh, have a chat about what they learnt at ULEARN. In the process, of course, we got sidetracked into a whole lot of areas, including how they're using podcasting, what they're doing with Skype in the classroom, uh, how they're using Twitter. And then we end up talking about Second Life. And um, we covered a lot of ground, but I think it's a really interesting conversation and uh, I really enjoyed having a chat to these guys. As you'll probably pick up from uh, from the conversation, they're a lot of fun to talk to. Um, Australians and New Zealanders tend to have a bit of a, a friendly rivalry and uh, a bit of banter that goes back and forward, and uh, I think it's uh, probably evident in this podcast that uh, we get along pretty well. Some of the Skype conversation, and this starts out a little flaky, but it does settle down as the call goes on, so uh, please persevere with that. Uh, I think you'll find it's worthwhile. So here we go, across the Tasman, to catch up with four fabulous Kiwi educators. Enjoy. Well, while we're waiting to get that sorted out, I thought we might just start by um, just some introductions. So uh, I'm talking to some teachers from New Zealand, and uh, we've got online here Chrissy, Chrissy Hellier. Do you want to, just, Chrissy? Do you want to just tell us where you are in New Zealand and um, what you teach, and a little bit about yourself? Oh, there's not much to tell. <laughs> I'm a really boring person that lives in front of the computer, but I'm um, I live in Napier, which is on the east coast of the North Island of New Zealand, the Good Island. Woohoo! <laughs> Sorry, Jane. Sorry, Alana. <laughs> and um, I teach Year 7s um, at Taradoe Intermediate School. Cool. Cool. Uh, Alana, let's try this. Uh, see how, you, how your voice holds up here. Okay. I teach Year 4 and 5 children in Nelson, which is the top of the South Island. I teach full-time one class. Nice. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Jane, Jane Nichols. Hi. Well, I'm on the mainland. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the east uh, east side of the South Island, right down the bottom at Dunedin. And um, I normally teach Year 5, 6 students, but this year I've got a year off for an e-fellowship and I've been researching podcasting and education and its effects on oral language. And I'm also an ICT facilitator, so I go around to 11 schools and run workshops and professional development for teachers in um, information and communication technology. Wow, excellent. Well, Well, she sounds really important, doesn't she? I'm impressed. You want to run this thing? (laughs) You don't need to interview us, Chris. We're all leaving. You can just interview Jane. <laughs> but I'm not in the classroom this year, so I'm not real. Oh, right. You're one of those people. 
Yeah, you don't really exist. <laughs> no. Um, and Simon Evans James is on the side here. Simon's been thinking and Simon, uh, yeah. Simon is having trouble coming online, which is really interesting because Simon's big uh, thing is Skype. <laughs> That's what he's best known for, his work with Skype. <laughs> and he's the one guy that can't seem to get online right now. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll work on that. Can one of you guys just Twitter him or, um, or, yeah, I've or message done that. him or something? And yeah. you got, got any reply? No, nothing yet. Okay. All right. Well, it's just us for now. So what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> And I reckon, dangerous, I, reckon <laughs> I was warned. I, I forget who warned me, but someone I said I was talking to all of you guys in New Zealand, and they said you'll never get a word in Edgewise. <laughs> right, so, I think that was I'm, me. I'm sure that's not really true. Um, podcasting sounds like um, Jane and Alana. I know you guys do a lot with podcasting. Chrissy, do you do any of that? Uh, no, but we're learning. We've got a, um, a school in Victoria. Yeah. In Australia, that we're um, we've we've got a wiki space going, and we're we're learning how to podcast vicariously through oh, them. Cool. All right. Well, so I'm not sure. Well, let's. I'm going to start with Alana because Alana, I know you're doing some really cool stuff with your kids and podcasting, and you shared some stuff with me this morning that I'm going to put on the show notes for this. Um, so just tell us what you're doing in your classroom because I think it's very cool. Um, we do. We try and churn out a weekly podcast. We have like monitors, you know, who shut the windows and, and do the PE gear. We've got monitors who do podcast every week. So um, they script and choose a podcast they want to do one on. If they can't find a podcast to do a topic, we do a book review. So you guys are pretty generalist in nature. We do anything that's happening around school. Now and again, other teachers read the podcast, but it's pretty much just my class. And uh, we really enjoy it. We're ranked uh, fifth in the world. We've gone down a bit. So that's pretty cool, though, for a, for a little school in New Zealand to, uh, you know, in, in, and because you're out in the rural part of New Zealand, aren't you? We are. Now, Jane, you were saying you're doing some things with podcasting and studying it from a almost like an academic viewpoint. Well, I just I spent this year trying to get gather some data to prove, like Alana and I keep telling everyone this is worthwhile, it's worth doing, but when you I wanted something to back it up. Mm. Why is it worthwhile? Mm. And so I've got some case studies of students now demonstrating elements of oral language that they're, that podcasting is enhancing. And some really cool data where I asked a whole heap of teachers what elements of oral language they would like to teach. And then I got a class. Right. It's ringing now. Yeah, sorry, I'm just bringing Simon in. Yeah, he's in. Hello, Simon. Hello. Oh, yeah, finally, mate. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. Glad you, you could no join idea us. What's going on. That's all right. That's <laughs> glad you could join us. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, Jane. I'll, I'll let you finish, and then I'll cut back to Simon. So, um, yep. sorry, back to you. You were saying about doing this project with the podcasting? Yeah, well, the cool data was that I got a class full of kids to, who had been podcasting for a year to brainstorm everything they learnt when they were podcasting and everything that they said in, uh, matched up with what teachers said they wanted to teach when they were teaching oral language and more. So the students not only were learning what they needed to learn but could, um, could tell us what they were learning. Now, Definitely. so when you say they got a lot more out of it, like give me some examples like and... I'm intrigued by this because I've done a little bit of podcasting with kids myself. I thought anecdotally that it was a much more powerful learning experience than uh, what we had been doing, which was just like a traditional sort of here's the textbook um, 
you know, read pages 10 to 20 and do pages exercise 1 to 5. But you've got sort of um, the stuff you've been studying is kind of backing that up, right? Yeah, well, like when I asked the kids what they learned when they were podcasting, yeah. uh, things like um, what they said were things like we learned how to work together, we learned uh, all about copyright and things like that. Yep. And we learned how to use music and sound effects to tell a story. These are all elements of oral language that teachers don't, they hardly think about that as a yeah, way of telling yeah. us. The biggest thing I found is that these kids got really good at giving feedback. They could self-assess because the big thing about podcasting is kids can listen to themselves. Yep. And that doesn't happen any other way. And these kids are so self-critical because the moment they hear themselves, they straight away start setting goals and working towards achieving those goals without me saying anything. They notice if they mumble. They notice if they're not loud enough or um, not eloquent enough. They notice these things. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You always hear people say, I hate the sound of my own voice. You tend to self-correct and you're Mm -hmm. noticing that with kids. Yes, very much. And another thing I noticed was that the kids started noticing that the content was really important and stopped focusing on the skills because they'd already achieved those skills. They can speak properly by the time they hit year five, six normally. Yep. And But when they stand in front of a, a class and you ask them to speak and they have to set a goal, it's normally, oh, my goal is to speak loudly. Well, they've already achieved that about three years ago. And with through the podcasting program, they're starting to see that their goal has to be something like use more interesting words or develop a, a um, the information in my podcast to tell a story that can capture my audience. And then things like how to use appropriate amounts of humour. So it's not just a big laugh fest. It is actually a podcast about a topic which may or may not support humour. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah, they were learning things that were... They were telling me they were learning things at a much deeper level than I would assume, and this is an assumption, a class that all they did for oral language is, to, is do speeches. Um, I would assume that that level would not be there. Right. I cannot back that up. Yeah, yeah. What age group but was this you were working with here? Year five, sixes. Right. Same, same as grade five, six. Yep, 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 yep. Cool. Um, listen, I'm just going to try and drag Simon back in here uh, and just mm-hmm. see if we can get him because he keeps dropping off. And Chrissy's vanished off the face of the uh, Skype. <laughs> Hello, Simon. Hello. Oh, right. I keep dropping in and out, oh, sorry. No, no, what's going on there? Hey, listen, tell us um, where you're from and what you do and, and your your uh, background. Okay, I'm originally... Yeah, I've been. Um, I'm originally from the UK. Um, I moved out here to New Zealand about five years ago. Um, I'm living in uh, Hawkes Bay in Hastings, and um, yeah, I've been working at Peterhead School out in Flaxmere, um, Year Three class. Cool. Where's yeah. Hastings? Is that north or south? Simon. You there, Simon? It must be me. <laughs> I don't know. He's still showing, but he's just no, connection lost. There you go, Chrissy Hellier. Let's drag her back in. This is a a drag fest. <laughs> Hello, Chrissy. Oh. Gosh, isn't it awful tonight? Yeah, what's going on? Something across the Tasman is not really happening. 
Look, the internet has been really, really dodgy over the last couple of days. I wonder if it's because a long weekend and all of us fellas are online. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to everyone outside Australia and New Zealand listening to this podcast, dodgy means not working very well. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting about the slang. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's okay. Um, so we were just talking about the podcasting and Simon keeps dropping in and out. So he's uh, just messaged me to say there's something up with his connection. We'll try him one more time. See if we can actually get everyone in the room all at once. Hey, Chrissy. Yeah. Where's Hastings? Um, it's about 20 minutes away from Napier. It's sort of heading yes. down towards Wellington. Oh, okay. Cool. Simon's back. He can tell you for real now. It's not 20 minutes. Come on. I can do it in 12 and a half. <laughs> So, listen, how you guys were all at uh, ULEARN 07 recently in Auckland. Yeah, we so, and, and I was following you on Twitter, and it sounded really exciting. It sounded like a great conference. So, um, someone want to just tell us in about that? Elena, why don't you just tell us your impression? The thing I enjoyed most about it was the Blogs Cafe and actually meeting people for real hmm. that I had only met by their blogs, as it were. Um, I think... Ewan McIntosh was great in that he sort of like was a figurehead for it in some way. Mm. And the message, you know, it was for me it was a trifecta. I met Cheryl Nisbaum Beach in March, David Warlock um, February, and now Ewan as well. So I felt really pleased with um, the connections I'd be able to make through through being able to be part of the New Zealand's ICTPD um, project. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, about, thanks, Jane, for that one. It's good. Uh, is, is that the first time you three had met in person at ULA? Uh, no, Jane and I had met before. Uh, Chrissy from oh, about five minutes until my battery ran out and I saw to David Warlock. Um, <laughs> but, but others um, but others not really know, apart from Rachel, who's in Nelson anyway. Right, right. It was really good. Cool. Yep. And Rachel's I not... met Simon and Chrissy for the first time at ULA. Okay. That was really funny. Cool. And I met Simon uh, when he was in Australia at the Gold Coast uh, about a month or so ago. That's right, the doing, whiteboard doing the whiteboard conference, conference. Right? yeah. We, um, yeah. we uh, ended up sharing a room roomies. together. We were roomies, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's an incredibly small world. It always just hits me. <laughs> um, and Simon's just signed in a second time, so we're going to give him another go. Here we go. Fingers crossed, everyone. <laughs> He's back. Hello, Simon. Hello. Oh, the wonders of Skype. You know, we were just saying before how you, me insane. We were just how saying you before all? that you're the Skype guy. <laughs> Cuz you do some really cool things with Skype, right? Go <laughs> <laughs> again. He was oh, no. Cuz that was Simon's thing when he was uh, when he came over to um the whiteboard conference on the Gold Coast and um uh he was actually doing presentations Simon. about Simon oh, about Simon about Skype. <laughs> Just like how you um, Photoshop people, then you might need to Skype shop him in. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. So, Let's yeah. ask him questions and then we can, you know, get him to say other things and we can cut them in and out. That's right. Completely inappropriate things. Yeah. That sounds good. And quote him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Ooh. I think the internet is a series of tubes. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so let's just go back to you, Learn. Um, so, you know what fascinated me? Because you, you guys all sort of gathered together in the front row 
or somewhere near the front, <laughs> to one side of the stage and were twittering away and acting like teenagers. <laughs> yes, we were. I know. It was, it was naughty. I was trying to pretend oh, I wasn't with them. <laughs> you were the sensible adult, were you? I was trying to appear that way. The thing that we nearly got in trouble for at um, ULEARN is that the guy who's, who was doing all the emceeing he is in our Twitter friends list and we were sitting there twittering our um, comments about the keynote speaker and he told me afterwards that she was actually using his computer and he was very glad he'd turned Twitter off. Because <laughs> <laughs> the could have just know. popped up on her screen. So what yes. is it about this technology that brings out the naughty child in people? Oh, I think we're all a bit so, of a height at the time. Yeah, you sounded like it, like from just following the Twitter conversation. The other thing that really struck me about all of that is how um, vicariously I felt like I was actually there, even though I was getting these just little short 140-character blasts of you know sentences, and yet <laughs> it gave me a real picture of what was going on there. Sorry, I was just going to say the best thing about um, Twitter is that you start getting these personal um, relationships with people going. Mm. It's just those small amounts of information that actually lets you know people mm. and it's so much more stronger like on our blogs we try and be eloquent and intelligent mm -hmm. but in okay. twitter you can say really stupid things like <laughs> i wish i could use my computer in the bath i mean yeah. was that you the other night <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> i agree with you i think it is a really personal medium and the funny thing about twitter i blogged about this the other day is how ridiculous twitter sounds when you first hear about it did any of you? Yep. Did any of you feel the same way? Yeah, I yes. didn't. I thought it was a bit stupid to start with. I just totally didn't get it. I just thought, why on earth? I mean, as if blogging's not bad enough. People say, why on earth would you want to blog? Why on earth would you want to tell the world? You know, talk about stuff and expect anyone's interested in it. But when it comes down to you know, let's summarise what I'm doing right now in 120 characters or 140 characters, uh, and post it out to the world. It sounds like such a strange concept until you get the network behind it, and then you realise how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. But, but try so explaining it to someone else. Mm. <laughs> you just got to basically leap in, don't you? Yep. And get with that for a bit and get the hang of it. So how long have you guys been Twittering? Ooh. A lifetime. <laughs> you have <laughs> not. characters or less. Oh, that's an interesting question. I suppose we could go back and have a look. I know it's been after, um, it was after two ends, which was, what, February? So it's really not that long ago. Right. Yeah, five hundred updates with. So you've done yeah. five hundred, have you? Yeah. Oh, have you? Wow. Does it tell you oh, when I'm you actually joined? Yeah, it does. I'm going to have a look because um, mm. I remember I signed up for it mm, middle of two thousand and six and tried it, and it just totally didn't make sense to me. And it sat there dormant for a long time, and I just totally forgot about it. But how many of you use a um, a piece of software on your computer like um, a, a, a Twitter? Yeah, Twitterific. Yeah, it it mm. makes so much more sense with Twitterific. Mm. If you've got to keep going to the website all the time, it's kind of like, mm, yeah. Don't you reckon? Mm. I think yeah. some people though Twitter things that we don't want to know. You know, like I don't know. I got up. Isn't it funny? I'm sitting here. I've just had three chats pop up on my screen. <laughs> you just get so used to being connected with people that when I open my computer and nothing comes up, I feel quite lonely. Hmm. So, I know, I just tick back and say, somebody talk to me, please. Yeah, I need a tweet from someone. I want to know what some Red Sox or something in America just won some game playing mm. some sport or mm. something. 
people keep going on. Whereas rugby is really important, we know about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of that. People talking about, like, you know, this team beat that team and they've just scored a touchdown and whatever. And I guess yeah. there are some things that kind of like, I just go, oh, yeah, it's just really not that intriguing to me, but I guess they are to other people. But I think that the thing is, like, lots of teachers say, well, what's the educational value in this? Why would we use it? And I think the point is, here we are on a Monday evening having a conversation um, across two countries about our jobs and our lives and supporting each other. And I think there's huge educational value in that. Yeah. I mean, the professional development is um, amazing. It makes the job so much easier and so much more fun. Yeah. Well, I think it was interesting where Derek Winmouth suckered us all into saying what, what our thoughts were about um, ULEARN. At the end of ULEARN, Derek, who's in our Twitter um, friends list, sent out a tweet saying, can you summarise the best bits about this conference? And so we all tweeted back, and then he captured that and put it up on the screen for the rest of the conference to see the power of Twitter. And so he put out one question, and then all within you know a second had, well, however quick we could type, had feedback, and cool. that showed the power of it. Never and alive. also getting help for things. Yeah. Like Jen Wagner um, mm. wanted to, she hadn't not done uh, video editing on Apple before. So she put out a quick tweet and said, help me. So just you know, quickly tweet back how to help her. So no matter what time of day or night, there's someone online who can um, lend a hand. Like We all seem to be open bloggers and you know nothing we like better than helping somebody else. So... I find that that very useful. And the 140 character limit thing, like, at first I thought that's pretty useless. You can't really say anything in 140 characters. But the point is, I think, you you actually can. And it forces you to be really concise. And it forces you to... um, I don't know. I'm surprised at how effective that character limit is. Mm. Makes you more concise. Mm. Yeah. It's actually... I don't know. I'm really intrigued by this whole Twitter thing. And you guys, you guys are always on it. <laughs> no, we're not. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, half an hour every now and again. Yeah, I step away from the computer for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> an hour wasn't very long, Jane. I, I went for a run, mm. and then I came running back to see what tweets I'd missed. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you take your yeah, cell phone I with you? I really frustrated when I miss tweets. No, I, I just, just register for mobile tweets and just sends them to my phone. And you can turn off who you don't want to get sent to your phone, which is quite good too. So I don't get everybody's tweets. Oh, so Alana, you get them as SMS messages, do you? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because you can also, if you've got a when phone that's to, capable of uh, internet, you can also point your phone to M, uh, the phone browser to m.twitter.com and it'll actually bring up oh, a web-based oh, yeah. interface. Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, well, that's assuming you've got a, like a, an internet connection on your phone. And then yeah. the individual messages don't cost you anything. Yeah, the only um, trouble is that I forgot that my American friends tweet all through the night. <laughs> yeah. So a phone was going off at one o'clock, half past one, twenty-five past one. Uh, so I just popular. decided who who was who I'm going to get tweets from in the middle of the night. Now, yeah, I have everyone turned off, and I just use it to tweet if I'm not on a computer. Now, there's been this discussion in the blogosphere that Twitter is. Um, overtaking blogging, that people are stopping blogging because of Twitter. Do you find that? Do you agree? No, No, I think that um, you can use it to direct people to your blogging. Like, Jane, I went straight to your podcast 
as soon as I saw your Twitter. And um, Jeff Utec, is that he say his last name? He just yeah. twittered before about a post that he'd just done. And so that's what I was reading as I was waiting for Chris to call. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I haven't stopped blogging because of it. But I certainly am attending and taking part in a lot more things online because of Twitter. Well, I heard, I can't remember who said it recently. It might have been Wes Fryer. Um, they, t- they think they're blogging less, but they're blogging better because they, mm. they're finding generally, Twitter or no Twitter, that they'd rather be blogging about stuff that they've given some thought to that wasn't just saying, oh, t- this morning I got up and this is what I had for breakfast. Mm. Um, not, mm-hmm. that, not that we tend to mm. do anything that mundane, but, you know, like it tends to, as, as the blogosphere matures, there seems to be better quality blogging going on perhaps less often. Yeah, so Twitter has taken the, you know, the the personal bit out of the blogs right. yeah, yeah, and yeah. put it into a different place, space and the blogs are becoming more focused maybe. Yeah, that's probably a, an interesting perspective on it, yeah. I'm having a bit of a chat here with um, Simon because he appears online for me <laughs> and it, he said yeah. that there are lots of people I've never known about who want to follow me but they don't say how they know of me and he finds that a little bit disconcerting. And he thinks that for events, Twitter is really great, but for every day, mm, not so sure. Like, what's the point day to day? Well, un- unless it's just that personal connection, but you know, I think you've got to mm. not go overboard with that. Yeah. But it's amazing when you find out that you and Macintosh has had a baby through Twitter. Yeah. You know, yeah. you and his That was just amazing. And... Um, just little things like that. I love Steve Dembo's tweets where he goes on about, today, world, I will conquer you. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> for funny. some reason. For some reason, I like those. And then at the end, no, not today. Oh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's quite cool. Yeah, he, he's funny. He yeah. me up. And Jen Wagner always makes me smile. It doesn't matter what she does. Yeah, she does. does. Mm. Yeah. With her hippie dance. Yeah, she's <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and have you been following Alan Levine as he's been travelling around Australia? Yes. No, but I've heard from other people that who are following him, and that I, I think it's a really cog powerful dog, statement. And yeah, cog dog, yeah. Mm. It, it, it astounds me that we're sitting here talking about these people we've never met, as though we're you know long lost buddies. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Nothing worse, though, when you tweet somebody and they're not following you. Yeah. No. Isn't that embarrassing? That's terrible. I did that the other day. Yeah, I think we've all done that. Yes. Yeah, just, that's funny. I... And you get these requests and, you know, someone puts you know, a, a little request out, can you help me with such and such? And you go, oh, I can do that. So you tweet back and then no response. So you tweet again there. and there's no response and you're like, oh, I'm not on their list. Yeah. <laughs> I like the three tweets in your out rule, too. If you tweet three yes. times in a row, then you're going to penalty. <laughs> i tell you what, Jen Wagner gets in trouble for that. <laughs> uh, I don't understand some of this. Is it Twitter ball? That, oh, yes. Uh, is it someone over there is playing Twitter ball in the States? I don't quite get that. I must have missed the rules for that. Well, Graham Wagner, he's over there with you, is he? <laughs> what part of Australia are you in? I'm in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's Graham, in Adelaide, Adelaide, isn't he? Adelaide, yeah. yeah. Well, he, I think he's a part of that Twitter ball. Yes, I think you're right, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, see, it takes all types to make the world go round. It does. But, yeah, oh, it's really interesting. This, uh, oh, Russell Montgomery just said, finishing off the day at school, popping in to visit Twitchville. There you go. <laughs> I just got that too. <laughs> Where's he? He's in Perth, is he? I think so. Yeah, I think so. 
No, that's the other interesting thing that it really, apart from obviously, you know, there are certain groups of people who tend to be pretty quiet when their time zone's asleep. Um, mm-hmm. It almost doesn't matter what the geography says people are. Mm. I had a conversation last night with uh, Clay Burrell. And, oh, yes. Uh, and, <coughs> and, and we were tweeting back and forth about something and then he offered to help me out with just testing something on Skype and I, I Skyped him and had no idea. He's in Korea. Yes. He, he does some amazing collaborative stuff over there. Mm. So, so yeah. how are we all going with K12 online to change the topic? Um, oh. Good, yeah. I'm having trouble getting through it all as quickly as I'd like to. They seem to release mm. it quicker than I can absorb it. Yeah, I've been watching, I was watching today, um, I was on, I was on uh, supervision duty in the computer labs at lunchtime today. So I took my video oh, cool. iPod with me and I was uh, sitting there with the iPod watching um, Dean Shiresky's Design Matters, mm-hmm. which is really good. Interesting stuff there about classroom design. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. And it's a really interesting question that if you had to design a school from scratch, you know, that as soon as you assume that you it, you have rooms and you have, um, you know, bells and you have timetables and you have certain things that we take for granted as being part of school, that as soon as you assume that they exist, then you instantly eliminate a whole bunch of possibilities about what the new school might look like. Mm. Well, take Second Life, for example. Here you have a virtual world that you can create any way you want. And what do they do? They put up a screen and rows of chairs. Yeah, We've interesting, isn't it? We've got virtual bodies and yeah. they build schools. Yep. So we're programmed. It is. It's kind of bizarre. I'm just going to drag Chrissy back in here. Chrissy. Redirected the voicemail. Um, Yeah, school design is a really interesting thing. But you um, you play Second Life, play, you uh, explore Second Life a bit, do you, Jane? Yes, yeah. I um, try to to stay out now. Do you, you, Alana? Um, Jane's taken me for a fly around a couple of times, but uh, I tend to bash into walls and walk (laughs) down the sling. Right. I met Chrissy in there the other day, and you should have seen the way I just flew in and landed right in the right spot, and I looked so professional. <laughs> so smooth. Oh, it was. I was so amazed with myself. So. Have, you, have you used it with kids? Like, have you done anything? Because I'm still trying would, to figure out how you use some of this stuff. Well, I would love to use it with kids, but you can't. It's not, no. um, it's not safe. Uh, but what, what I about think, Teen Second Life? What's that like? Well, to get in as an adult, to get into Teen Second Life, you have to go through um, rigorous security checks because um, adults aren't allowed in Teen Second Life. So there are certain places where teachers can go, but oh. you need to be checked out by the police first before they'll let you in. Really? Yeah, Teen Second Life is completely safe. The only teachers, the only people who are allowed in there are people who have been, you know, screened. But in real Second Life. Some of the things in there you would not want anyone to come in to to be a part of. But the thing is, what I see it as is while I explore it and find the educational possibilities, one day there will be a section like that that I can use with my class. And I can mm. imagine infinite possibilities Right, would be a, a, an amazing way to interact with your children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly pretty interesting. I, I was exploring it the other day. I've only I, I've been playing with it for a while, but not in any seriousness whatsoever. And just lately, I've been thinking I need to get to know this. So I've been playing it a bit more. So I was exploring a place the other day called Sexy Beach. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> oh. My mother came in and said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and I went, uh, "Okay." <laughs> 
let me explain this to you. <laughs> it didn't make any more sense to her either. <laughs> but, you know, that's another thing about Twitter. Like, if you, I used to go into Second Life because it was a place where I could sit down and talk to David Warlick and Cheryl Nansbourne Beach and, um, you know, all of these people were in there. Will Richardson... In They're second in second life. life. Right. Yeah. Yep. They've all got their own office and all that sort of thing. I mean, one day, Alana and I were standing in the office with Cheryl, and I felt like we were actually visiting. Really? We're all wow. standing there talking oh, we wanted, to each we other. We wanted and to and bunch up and take a photo on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it, but it felt like you had a physical presence. We were actually visiting each other. Yeah. And it was really cool. Um, but... Whoops. Have, have you spent any money in there? Jane dances for money, aren't you, Jane? Uh, <laughs> don't put that on the web. Um, in a second life, you can dance and they give you money. But um, I yes. don't want to know what kind of dancing that is. No, it's just what it's. What happens is the more people they get in a certain sim, the better for the sim. So they offer you, you know, Linden dollars to actually just be a part of that sim. Right. So, um, but what what I was going to say that with Second Life. The fact now that we can actually interact with these people through Twitter sort of takes that reason away of being in there. Like, I go in for the conversations. Yeah. But now lots of people are having those conversations via Twitter rather than if you go into Second Life, you, you know, at least an hour is going to go by before you get out. Hmm. Mm. So. Yeah, it's a bit of a time sink. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though. I was wandering around somewhere the other day and I, just walking up to people in Second Life and saying, where, where are you actually from? And I had Switzerland and Hungary and Romania and mm. all sorts of interesting places. I don't know. Is that is that incorrect protocol to ask a second life avatar where their first life location is? Well, it's the first thing I always ask. Yeah, right. Okay. But I did bump into someone the other day who kept pestering me. Why won't you be my friend? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are some very freaky people in there, but stick to the education islands and you're quite uh, okay. safe. But yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I read the other day that there's half a million US dollars changes hands inside Second Life every day. That's, like, yeah. freaky. <laughs> well, put it this way. Like, there's lots of dances and things you can go to, and you have to go and get clothes for them. And I went windsurfing the other day, so I had to go find a bikini. <laughs> every time I hear one more thing about Second Life, it just gets stranger and stranger. <laughs> <laughs> you went windsurfing. Oh, yeah. I took wow. photos, too. So cool. Nice. You, there's beaches you can go surfing at. There's an ice skating rink. There's, oh, there was a go-kart. We play Scrabble in there. We've got a huge Scrabble board and sit in front of them and play Scrabble together. There's a few American teachers who come in. Wow. I can see I'm going to have to spend more time in there to find out more about this stuff because I'm still getting at the stage where I bump into walls and trip <laughs> over people. So. Somebody told me to get out of the way the other day because I was standing on their foot. <laughs> They told you to get out of their way. Yeah, I don't know how to get out of my way. You tell me. Yeah, yeah. I'm an avatar, stupid. <laughs> That's right. But isn't it funny how, how personally invested you are? Like you bump into someone in Second Life and you get all embarrassed and, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's bizarre. But there's some really nice people in there. I, I, was, I walked past someone the other day in there and they were every time they went to talk to me, they'd pull out this white laptop. Well, I've got one of those. Yeah, me too now. And I said, that's a really cool idea. Where'd you get the laptop? And he says, you want one? And he gives me a laptop. Well, if you meet me in there, I'll give you some roller skates. Oh, nice. And do you actually skate on them? <laughs> yes, you do. I can yeah, give you a walk out. 
a ball gown? Yeah, I can give you one of those. Oh, and I can give you the caramel dance. Oh, no, I want the caramel dance. You I'll give, give you the caramel dance. Okay, <laughs> all right. Do I dare ask, ask what your second life names are? Well, I'm, I'm Joe Scrumple Tash Schneider. <laughs> Sorry, Lana, what's you, what are you? Scrumple Schneider. Scrumple Schneider? Yep. yep. Nice. Jane? I'm Joe Josh McMillan. <laughs> Excellent. And Chrissy? I want to change mine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I am Glex9 Harrop. <laughs> and I, I am Outback Don't ask Outlander. Me. Outback Outlander. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. It really is quite bizarre. Uh, do you put up your CV? <laughs> Well, I've got it on my blog. I've got I am Joe Josh McMillan. <laughs> you get very. I want to know how to land without falling flat on my face. Oh, and you I want to land like you did. I believe yeah, Jane I did a very classy landing I'm in front of you the other day. That was really classy. I, on the other hand, landed naked in the fire <laughs> in the bloggers cafe. <laughs> hey, so that's an entrance. You hold down your function key and your down arrow, and that's how you land. <laughs> Which function key? I've got 19 of them. Well, it's down the bottom where it says FN next to your control key. Ah, interesting. Cool. You learn something new every night. Yeah, and that's what keeps it interesting. And that's and you're absolutely right. You do learn something interesting every night. Yep. Something new every night. And that's, I think, part of the magic of all these um, networked technologies because you really do keep learning all the time. But it's driven by people still. Mm. No, it's still from people that we're learning. It never ceases to amaze me how helpful people are and how willing they are to um, lend a hand and get you started or get you finished or fix you. And you know what's funny to me is when you hear people who kind of don't get this stuff and they you know, they think, oh, you're so antisocial. You sit in front of that computer all the time. And they don't mm-hmm. realise that I'm actually interacting with probably five times as many people as they're re- interacting with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find it an incredibly social environment. And wouldn't it be Very. great if our classrooms were this rich? Yeah. With conversations mm. and support and that sort of thing. Mm. But we have Skype on all the time, all day. And the, the my students are just used to people ringing us. The other day we got a phone call in the middle of maths asking us which way our toilet flushes. Wow. And it was Lisa Parisi from America who whose kids were um, interested in, or they were having a conversation about which way the toilet flushes <laughs> on the other side of the world. And Lisa said, hang on a minute, a friend of mine in New Zealand is online. I'll give her a call and, and see what she says. So they just Skype right into the classroom. Oh, Skype cool? was a bit dodgy so immediately two of my kids put their hand up and said oh miss h we can go into the toilet and film the toilet flushing for them <laughs> so they grabbed the camera and off they went and they made a, a wouldn't it be back front, though, if you recorded it through your webcam wouldn't it be back to front no we we got a camera we got a digital camera and used the movie function okay. on the digital camera and filmed it and took a photo of it and then Skype filed that me like that file over to them so that they could watch it on their I whiteboard. I saw I saw Michael Palin on TV once stand on the equator and the water just went down the hole. It didn't go left or right. It just went down. I was very impressed. <laughs> yeah, ours just goes down. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Have we done our research here? Do you guys know whether this is true or not? 
Because it actually doesn't work. Well, on TV, it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't work. No, I got all intrigued by this very question and I figured out, uh, or I didn't figure it out, <laughs> smarter people than me figured it out, but I read about it. Um, it's all to do with the Coriolis effect and it only really has any effect on huge bodies of atmosphere or water um, and your toilet doesn't qualify as a huge body of water. Now, it's got to do with the, um, the Earth spinning and it spins faster at the equator than it does at the poles because it's obviously further around and so as the earth spins it tends to pull the atmosphere in uh, in a direction at the equator faster than it does at the poles and so that's where you get the spinning motion of the atmosphere from but certainly on the scale of a toilet no it doesn't work sorry sorry to burst your bubble but our toilets flush differently to america anyway yeah very much it was kind of fun finding that out because they thought that it would flush the same way mm. and they were quite intrigued that ours didn't go come rise up and twirl around it just went straight out Mm. and you know what i reckon there's a whole project in that because i when i went to live in canada for a while just little things like realizing that the plugs for the electricity are different and um just little things like that that you kind of take for granted after a while but when you first get there and you wander around the house going wow check this out all the plugs are different check this out there's no switches on the electrical cords let's check this out there's no you know the toilet flushes differently and it's all those little things i reckon that that'd make a great collaborative project you could call it you know littlethings.com and uh, just compare all these just little tiny differences wouldn't that be cool? I mean even moving from Australia to New Zealand which you would think would be very very similar when we moved here, there were so many things that were different. Mm. I mean, and lots of people think that Australia and New Zealand are basically the same. That would be so cool to do. Mm. Mm, you can actually show the differences between New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. With accents being top of the list. <laughs> that would be excellent. That would be nice. Make, so you could brainstorm with the kids, make a long list of all the things that they want to know about. And then um, yep. compare the list between the two countries, and then the kids could go out with their video cameras or their digital cameras or their, their voice recorders, depending on what it is they're talking about, and just document the whole thing. I'm going to pitch that idea, yeah. and I'm going to do that with um, with Anne, because we've got a wiki going already, and we're podcasting, so that's what the kids can go and do. Cool. Well, that's a, I think that's a mm. great idea. Make sure you tell me when you've uh, done it, and I can yeah, well. link to it. Well, I suppose I'd better let you guys get on with your evening. It's uh, what time is it in New Zealand? Nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm going into second life, Jane. What about you? Terrible <laughs> <laughs> dance in the ball gown. So how do I find you guys in second life? I just do, go to the search and just type in. Uh, type in our names. You got I'm normally name, on Edu Island too. Edu Island. Yep, Edu Island. That's too. the only place I know how to get to. I don't know. Sexy beach, oh, you should check that out. <laughs> I'm not down there. Next door to that is Isti Island, and that's really cool too. I-S-T-E Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a Lots whole, of teachers there. A whole world there I need to explore. Isti Island. I feel like me. such a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're only a newbie when you land naked in the fire at the <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon you're a newbie when you land anywhere wearing denim jeans and a white t-shirt. Oh yes. <laughs> and everyone looks at you and goes, "Haven't haven't bought anything yet, huh?" <laughs> yes. Well, I can give you a ball gown. I already told you that. 
Have any of you, just, just to finish off on the second life thing, has any of you done like the sex change thing and been someone who you're not and just like totally been a different character, different sex, different whatever? Um, no. I haven't, but my husband, and this is, <laughs> my husband hasn't had done the sex change thing, but he goes into second life as a full goth. He's no white face, long black yeah. hair, long jacket, big boots, and he goes to the goth nightclub and stuff like this. And he's a mild-mannered um, lecturer at the university here, lectures in film and media studies. So it's a com- he's taken on a completely different persona. Wow. I think that would be really interesting to, to go in mm. as, as someone you're not yeah. and just see purely from the sociological sort of you know, curiosity point of view, just, just seeing how people yeah. react to you differently. Yeah, well, that's why he goes in the conversations he has. <laughs> yeah, I look a damn sight better in second life than I do in real life. <laughs> David Warlick reckons he's one of only two people in the world who has avatars that look older than their their actual self. <laughs> oh, David Warlick's avatar looks quite young, actually. Really? I think from what I've seen of it, yeah. From what I've seen, it, it look, it's pretty difficult to make an old-looking avatar. I know, I tried to, you know how you can put on the body weight and I thought I can't possibly make it really thin. I have to at least, you know, put 1% of body weight on just so it can't be vain. That's right. But it also gives me the option that I can lose weight at any time if I want to. That's right, yeah, because every, every female in there is uh, tall, skinny blondes and every guy is this muscular, well-built hunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And on the, internet, yeah, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I've really enjoyed nice this little chat. chat. It's been fun. Cool. Good I nice chat then, Chris. Yeah, thanks. I'll go and do my work plan for the week. Yeah, no worries. You have a nice evening. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Chrissy. Yes, everyone. Enjoy school See you all. Thanks, Alana. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. You enjoy it. See you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Well, there you go. If that doesn't make you feel like packing up and jumping on a plane and going to Ulearn next year and uh, joining in all the fun with those guys, I don't know what will. So uh, thank you to all four of you for, for joining me this uh, this episode. That was great fun. And also Rachel Boyd. Rachel is another Kiwi educator over there, also doing some wonderful things. And uh, Rachel was supposed to join us for that. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us. So um, that's a bit of a shame. But uh, never mind. We might catch up another time. Um, I would just like to say uh, thank you again for joining us here on the Virtual Staff Room. Uh, don't forget, you can visit the website over at www.virtualstaffroom.net and you can download the podcast from uh, any reputable podcasting service including iTunes where you can uh, get iTunes to deliver this episode to you every time a new one comes out just hit the subscribe button and uh, that's the last you have to think about it it just turns up on your iPod until next time my name's Chris Betcher and you've been listening to the Virtual Staff Room So he's showing us online for you? Yep. He's on for me. Not for me. Not for me either. Oh. Oh, Jane, you've got a ghost in the machine by the name of Simon. I'll I'll text him. I can see you, but no one else. (laughs) 